mum for others. Hello, my name's Gareth Lyshen and I'm a Roman Catholic priest working in Cardiff City. I'd like to tell you my story. I wasn't always a Catholic. My family weren't religious at all. I grew up in Llanelli, a working town in West Wales, just beyond Swansea. Both my parents had been church in Wales, that's Anglican. Both of them had stopped going to church when they were teenagers. And if you were to ask my mum now, she'd say she believes there's someone up there and he doesn't bother her and she doesn't bother him. My dad would tell you that he's an agnostic, that maybe there's a God, but you can't prove it either way. So how on earth did I come from a beginning like that to be a Catholic priest? My grandfather was a key influence. He was an Anglican, sang in his church choir. At his insistence, I got baptised when I was a baby, and at his insistence, I got sent to Sunday school. My parents said, Gareth, you've got a choice. You could go to Grandpa's Sunday school. You have to walk up a hill. It's a big old church. It's very drafty. Or you could go just round the corner to the Salvation Army, which is nice and warm and has a band. So given this totally unbiased choice, for some strange reason, I chose the Salvation Army. And I was a good student, so I learned my Bible. I could memorise the text for the week. I got to know all the main books in the Bible. But it was just head knowledge. They were stories just like the history and the geography and the fiction books that I've learned in school. I didn't really bother about whether God was real or not until the age of 11. And then my granny died. Both grandfathers had died when I was very small, hadn't really realised the impact of what had gone on. So granny, who died when I was 11, was the first major loss in my life. And dad said something very strange. He said, Gareth, say a prayer for your granny. I thought, me? Pray? At home? Well, we don't do praying at home. But I was hurting, and there was an empty space in my heart. So I said the first serious prayer of my life. Lord, are you there? Lord, if you are there, please look after my granny. I hope she's gone to be with you. Oh, and Lord, if you are there, maybe you should show me. I mean, it could be important. And he did. And this is the hardest thing to put into words, but there was just that sense of wanting to know if God was there and sensing I was genuinely connecting with someone when I tried to pray. And that was encouraging, so I tried a bit more praying. I prayed for lost things to turn up, and they did with startling regularity. At least they did then, because I've learned now that God is very generous with beginners. So if you want your prayers answered, get a beginning Christian to pray for you and see what happens. But that was February of 1985, and in September I started secondary school. And the Gideon Society came to my secondary school, giving out free copies of the New Testament, and asking the pupils to promise to read them every day. Now we had a Bible at home, but it was a King James Bible, and not easy reading when you're 11. So now I had this easy-to-read New International Version New Testament, I'd been asked to make a promise to read it every day, and so I did. And that means following their reading scheme, I worked my way through the whole New Testament in two years. And most of what I read there, I was doing already. I was the class swat and the goody-goody child at school. So I wasn't particularly popular, but all the moral stuff in the Bible, I was doing already. But there was one thing that jumped out at me. This is my body. This is my blood. Do this in memory of me. Jesus was very clearly asking me to do something there. And the Salvation Army doesn't have a communion service at all. So I did my homework, 
and these were the days before Google, so I went to the children's reference library and read every book they had on religion, and I discovered that there were Protestant churches who maybe did communion but said it was only a symbol and a remembering, that there were Catholic churches who said it was really Jesus' body and blood and had always believed that, and there were Anglicans where what you got taught depended which church you went to. So in my heart I decided that the only way to do what Jesus was asking me to do was to become a Roman Catholic. I didn't know a single Catholic in those days, I'd never been to a Catholic Mass, but it was clear from what I'd read in the Bible and in the reference books that it was in the Catholic Church that the fullness of that faith and obedience to the Lord's command was. And I also read about places like Lourdes and Fatima where the Virgin Mary had appeared and if she was doing that, that seemed to validate that the Catholic Church was on the right track as well. It took me another year and a half or so to pluck up the courage to tell my parents what I'd decided. I didn't know how they'd react and whether they'd be okay with me wanting to go to church or not. I eventually found the carriage just before Christmas 1988. And Mum was a little surprised. And Mum was a clever creature. She knew I'd got religion because she'd spotted the Bible being put back at different places on the bookshelf from time to time. And if I'd said I wanted to join the Salvation Army, they'd have understood that. If I'd said I wanted to get involved in the Anglican Church, they'd have understood that. But Catholic? Where did that come from? But they shrugged their shoulders and I said, if that's really what you want to do, you can. So I went to Mass for the first time on the Sunday after Christmas 1988. And I had to wait till the following September for a new instruction group of RCIA to start up. But through that rite of Christian initiation of adults, I was then able to be received into the Catholic Church at Easter 1990. I was a sixth former at the time, and from there I went on to Oxford where I read physics. And halfway through that degree, I asked the big question in prayer, Lord, what do you want me to do next? And the one thing I definitely knew was I didn't want to be a priest. I'd do anything else but not a priest. And why was I so against it? I don't know. There was just some blockage. But I went on a retreat with a group called Youth 2000 in August of 93. And a priest leading us there asked all the participants to go and have a quiet half hour praying on their own. So I was there sitting at a riverbank, pondering. And I realised that if Jesus was who I thought he was... If he was the person I called Lord, then I couldn't say no to him. And if he was smarter than me, he'd know exactly what was best for me. And if he loved me, he wouldn't ask me to do anything that was really bad for me. Okay, Lord, you win. Tell me what you want me to do and I'll do it, even if it is the priest thing. And you know what? It wasn't, at least not then. I ended up working as a lay volunteer for the Nottingham University Chaplaincy for a year, from there I was headhunted by Cardiff University and spent four years doing a PhD on dust in distant galaxies. But halfway through the doctorate I asked the big question again, Lord, what should I do next? And this time the answer was different. I was driving a friend home from another Youth 2000 retreat when somewhere past Reading on the motorway I turned to her and said, still don't know what I'm doing after this PhD, but when I become a priest I shall... Oh, what did I just say? And it was then that I knew the idea had gone from somewhere in my head to somewhere in my heart, and it was time to take the next step. So I approached the Archdiocese of Cardiff, and after finishing the PhD, I went to seminary at Wanish and was ordained priest 
in 2006. I served five years in the parish of St. Deverick's Pontypridd and then came to the city of Cardiff where I now serve as a Catholic priest. So the journey with God hasn't finished yet. I don't know what's in store next, but I don't need to know. I know I'm in the right place doing what he's asked me to do. Do this in memory of me. Say